1: Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Crocker. And, you know, with the draft being only a couple days away, I'll be continuing my two-part draft series. If you haven't already, go back and check out episode one with Brad Kelly from the Draft Network, where we ranked our top five receiver prospects. Today, I'll be doing the same thing with my guest, Jonah Tost from the Cowboys Wire. He's coming on to help me break down and rank our top five cornerback prospects. We interact a lot on Twitter, so I have an idea of where he's going with his top five. I know exactly who a CB1 in this class is. You won't want to miss him. Break that down. So here we go. Jonah Toast coming right up. Life can be stressful, but again, life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken the steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. So discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's Ethos, E T H O S. GetEthos.com GetEthos.com Joining me now on the Press Coverage Podcast is my guy Jonah Tosa, the Cowboys Wire, man. Jonah, how you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing good, Eric, man. Dude, I respect your work a lot, so I'm really happy to be on the show today, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a fan of your work as well. Um, I always tend to want to tease you about having uh, Quentin Meeks. What was he, a 33rd <laughs> overall best player in the draft? <laughs> man, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: yeah I, I had a high second-round grade on him, man. The NFL just didn't like him as much as I did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the the Jaguars did. I mean, even though he went undrafted, but yeah, um, and, and, he, he got a lot he, of playing he time. could
0: have a big role next year. You never know.
1: Right. He, he got a lot of playing time. I mean, and look who's ahead of him, you have two of the best corners in the league. So, um, I, I'm not going to knock you too much on that. And like I said, I always want to te- tease you about it, but I'll, I'm going to lay off for today. All right. <laughs> um, Jonah, can you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, my handle is at NFL. Um, you can find me there on Twitter. You know, it's at J-O-N-A-H-T-U-L-S-N-F-L.
1: Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so we're, we're going to jump right into it and get to our top five cornerbacks. All right. So, you are the guest, so I'll give you the floor first. Your number five guy.
0: Oh, my number five guy, man, Rocky Sin
1: from Temple. Hmm. So, what what do you like about him? What, what what about him stands out to you?
0: Man, so you don't see many corners with a state championship wrestling background, do you? I mean, th- this is a guy who plays physical. I wrote in my notes that he's an in-your-face kind of cornerback, where it meant. He's like, he's offended if you get off the line of scrimmage. He's a guy who who lives at impressed man. Um, I think he can play inside or out. I like that little flexibility position. You always like want to have position of flexibility in the NFL because you want to. These little defense coordinators want to move you around a little bit. Um, and plus, you know, you're not so scheme locked in. And Rocky Sims is one of those guys where I think he can play in a man scheme or a zone scheme. One of the biggest things about him is that he's an ascending player. What I mean by ascending player is is that there's a lot of untapped potential and he still has a lot a lot of room to grow. So he's still learning the game. He's still learning how to process his technique and his mental processing and how the process plays in front of him in um, off-band coverage as well. So once he starts developing his technique and he starts, you know, becoming, more, he starts becoming more confident in his technique and in his patience, this guy's going to be really good. And because I, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he's a penalty guy right now. And I wrote down my notes like he, he, he's a little handsy. He's a little over aggressive. But once you get a coaching staff to work with him, that, that those penalties will start to go down. It's not one of those things that works as a habit, and it'll stay a habit. That's one of those things where I think he can learn from it. And I think a lot of the teams with Rocky Center are coachable. And that's why I like him. I, I have a I have a mid sec mid to late second round grade on him. And I think he's a guy who I'd prefer over a guy like Reed Williams.
1: Got it, got it, got it. No, I, I like all that. Um he did he definitely stood out to me at the senior bowl. Um, you know, there there were like clips floating around of Debo Samuel getting the best of him on certain reps. But What people didn't really show a lot were the reps that rock one on uh, guarding Debo Samuel. Did I say Greedy Williams? I meant Debo Samuel. But um, guarding Debo Samuel all, you know, uh, senior bowl week, you know, during one-on-ones, they were going at it. Right. Right. And and so a lot of that was floating around on Twitter. I know I put a few videos out like, man, this guy, this guy, Debo Samuel is killing this guy. But then when you go back and you watch the week, I had it recorded. I was like, you know what? It's not quite what I first thought. Yep. This guy Rock, is winning a bunch of these reps as well. Great in your face uh, press cornerback has good feet. Uh, you know a lot of the things that you just said it shows up when I watched them on film. And I didn't know a lot about him. People reached out to me and asked, hey, what do you think about Rocket Sin? And uh, what you said was pretty much spot on with what I with what I have. All right. Um, so now now my number five guy is guy I know you're a little bit higher on, and I'll let you get to that, but um, Justin Lane, right? Uh, I like State. it, yeah. <laughs> and, um, nah, you know, he he was a late add to my top five. Um, you were actually the first one that turned me on to this guy because um, I saw you posting about him and talking about how well he played. So you, I said, you know what? Let me go and, and, and look into this guy and see, you know, what is he doing that Jonah likes so much? And to my, you know, he was a very good, well-rounded athlete at cornerback. Um, you know he's more of a press guy, but definitely had no issues playing in the off coverage as well. Uh, you know they, he did a good job having zone eyes in uh, you know the defense that Michigan State was playing. A lot of times he played with outside leverage, and he knew when to squeeze on something and fall off mm-hmm. to maybe play underneath something else. Like so, if it was like a smash route, or you know. Uh, any type of like route concepts where he can, you know, play with his eyes or keep something in front of him, he did a really good job of that. And then playing in press coverage, he was good as well. I'm talking about press man. He did he did very well. He was very sticky. He was. Uh, I, I don't even want to use the word grabby because I didn't see too many flags, but yeah. he was just physical at the line of scrimmage. And and to me. With the way that the game is going, that's the first thing that I pay attention to. Does he have good hips? Does he have good change of direction? And is he sticky in man press? And you know, he was mm-hmm. all of that. And whatever he's lacking, like you said about Rocky Sin, you can help develop. Uh, you know, those aspects of his uh, uh, his game. I see the same thing with Justin Lane. So, so that's my number five guy. All right. So, so uh, we'll move on right now to your number four guy.
0: And my, yeah, and my number four guy is someone I think we both like. And it's, you know, I don't know if he's in your top five or not, but number four is Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky. And this is a big corner, man. Big guy. You know, he, he played a little bit of safety and wire super in high school. Now he's just in a corner. Juco product. Um, had big ball production over there that went to Kentucky and won the starting double over a guy who's also in this draft class named Chris Westry won it right away. So, you know, this that Kentucky coaching staff really liked what they saw from him right away. Um, a lot of traits. I mean, look at his length. You look at his play strength at the line of scrimmage. He he knows how, He's one of those guys who knows how to utilize his length at the line of scrimmage because you see guys like you know you see guys in, in draft classes you know this draft class, previous draft classes that don't know how to use their length and they don't know how long they are. Lonnie Johnson, you know, make no mistake, he knows how long he is because he stifles and jostles receivers at the line of scrimmage. He uses that to his advantage, and I like how he uses it at the catch point as well. He, he, he does a great job of timing his length at the catch point and timing his attack on the ball. Um, so I like Lonnie Johnson in a lot of ways. I think he's a lot more – I think he's very underrated in off-man coverage. This is a guy who's really patient. I think he has patient eyes. When I say about patient eyes, this is a guy who's not going to guess. He's going to anticipate. He's going to use his reactionary quickness. He's going to trust his feet and his hips to react to the receiver and get on the hip pocket. So this is a guy I think has – I, I think he's underrated in the draft community right now because I think the NFL sees him as a guy, a top 50 guy. Whereas draft Twitter, him more is like a day three guy. And I align myself more to the NFL standards of this because I think Lonnie Johnson, there that's sort of what you said about Justin Lane. A lot of the way he does is coachable because he has the traits. He has the athleticism. He has the size. What he doesn't have, I think he's still new to the game. I think he's still a little green. I think he's still a little raw. So I think you can teach his technique a little bit at the line of scrimmage. I think he gets a little too grabby there. But at the same time, this is a guy who has all the traits I look for in a press man corner.
1: Yeah, you know, Lonnie Johnson, I- I'll talk about him because I-, I don't have him in my top five, but he's right there. He's right there on the cusp, you know. And typically if you have, you know, in your top five, those are guys that you feel are going in the first day or two. Um, and there's also going to be, you know, a few guys that will definitely go in that same range that maybe I won't have in my top five, you know. So he- he's one of those where I battled with putting him in there. Um, there are, so I'll talk about him a little bit. There-, there are a lot of things that I like about him. Like you said, patient feet. And a lot of times that shows up uh, so much in in his press coverage. You know, in his press, he does an amazing job of staying square. And when you stay square, that that eliminates a lot of underneath routes. All right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times the receivers, they want to, you know, they want to move the cornerback off of their spot so they can, you know, leverage, so they can, you know, get – more leverage inside or get leverage outside and kind of get the DB to do right. what he wants him to do. I saw that happen to him one time against DK McCaff, who's just so fast, mm-hmm. but typically he yep. didn't play against guys that were just that much faster than him like that. So, right. you know, he had a lot more success against other guys. And staying square, I saw him do it against the guys from Georgia. I saw him do it against a bunch of other guys where now you have to try to win on at the top of the route because at the mm-hmm. beginning of the route, he's not giving any cushion. So that was one thing that the first thing that jumped out to me. He's, he plays extremely well at the line of scrimmage. He stays square. And then the other thing that was very surprising for somebody that's almost six feet three, 210 pounds, like you mentioned about his off coverage, it was very good. I I, I think, yeah. you know, I, I'm a 49er fan and they run a lot of this cover three where it's a kind of a price right. bill or sometimes they line up in off. He's somebody that fits that mold, exactly of what they're looking for. Um, His zone eyes were really good. I thought he did a great job of reading 2-1 to in their cover three. Um, He's a very willing tackler. He will miss at times, but more times than not, he's going to throw his body in there. And I I saw a lot of times, even on runs away from him, he put in some extra effort to get to the ball. So there were a lot of traits that I did like. Um, Initially, the first thing when I I was watching him, who popped in my head, was Tremaine Johnson, right? Yeah. And and that's what I saw. And we saw Tremaine Johnson – play some off, play some press, but he did a lot of really good things for the Rams where he had a ton of interceptions, including seven interceptions in one season with the Rams. So I think Lonnie Johnson is that type of player where, yeah, he's not a burner, but I I, I didn't Mm -hmm. see any issues really running with guys downfield. So yeah, Lonnie Johnson, that's a guy that I I really like. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into your number three guy now.
0: Yeah, and, and, and two, I'll do two more things on Lonnie Johnson before, oh, we go, go before we go to my number three guy. And there are two things. One thing you touched on was competitive toughness. This is a guy who's not shy away from the run game. I love his ability to run defender. This is why I like him over guys like uh, Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker, for example. Like, they'll say, hey, Jonah, why, why do you have Lonnie Johnson over Greedy Williams when Greedy Williams was a far more productive corner? I say, listen, man, Lonnie Johnson is a much better frame suited for the NFL right away. He's a guy who is bigger, about 210 pounds, muscular frame guy who has you know who, who looks strong he, he looks like he, he looks like it has an nfl body and he <laughs> yeah. he, he uses it well so like he, he's not gonna get jostled by physical receivers at the line of scrimmage he does the jostling he is the hammer to the nail at the line of scrimmage and in tackling he does his job that's all i need from a corner i'm not paying my corners to tackle i'm paying them to cover but at the same time i need you to do your job because if you can't I can't let you on the field because at the same time you have that's part of the job description. You have to tackle people in open field, and that's what he does. And second, you talk about the DK Metcalf play where DK Metcalf kind of tore him apart in that in that in one on ones. But at the same time, I'm not as concerned as other people are about that game because he went to the Senior Bowl and he locked up every receiver he faced. This is a guy who had the best I think had the best week in Mobile of any corner in the draft. So you go to back in, in, in his game, you show off his physicality. This is a guy who who gets better with every rep on tape, and I think he's the guy that I think a lot of cornerback coaches want to get their hands on at the next level.
1: Right, and and I think he's a versatile player because there are a lot of guys, and I'll, I'll get to one um, coming up, but there are a lot of guys that you know you 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 look at them and they you know that they fit a specific scheme. But maybe not mm-hmm. multiple schemes, and, and that kind of limits some guys. And yeah, so he's definitely not limited. I think he uh, he fits multiple schemes.
0: Yeah, and, and you know the name I thought with him, what, what right when I saw him dude, was Byron Maxwell when he played on the Seahawks. This is a guy who who is utilized his play strength. He played opposite Richard Sherman, and this is a guy who had good ball skills. This is a guy who you know utilizes his, his length and place the last big dude and he had a great he had a couple Pro Bowl seasons that that's why I see from Lonnie Johnson I don't necessarily see this you know number one corner like a Pro Bowl like all pro kind of guy but I see like a Byron Maxwell kind of good complimentary number two corner who can start in the league for five six seven eight years
1: right and, and, and there's value in that and I, I forgot to get to my number four guy all right so um my number four guy is Greedy Williams and you know when the season started yeah. he was you know I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure everyone's CB1 But as the draft season went on, I started to see some things where, uh, does he have that competitive edge? And Mm -hmm. that's the thing that kind of worried me a little bit. Now, he competes his butt off when things are going well, when things aren't going so well. I see him kind of take his foot off the gas pedal a little bit. There were some plays where, you know, things didn't go quite his way against Alabama. And those are very talented, Mm -hmm. the fastest receivers in college football on on, on that team, having to guard rugs or Judy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But there were some plays where Judy caught a ball and, you know, cut across field. And I just, I paid attention. I saw Greedy Williams just let up. And that was kind of concerning. And then the more I watched him, those were things that showed up again. He he definitely didn't have any type of urgency to get to run plays. We talked about Lonnie Johnson kind of giving the extra effort. I didn't see that Mm -hmm. with Greedy Williams. So that kind of knocked him down for me a little bit. Now, Mm -hmm. where he is good is, he, he's 6'1", 185 pounds or so, very fluid, very mm-hmm. good feet, very good man corner, right? So he's not a guy who I typically want to be playing off coverage or any type of zone, but be, because I saw him get just a little too lazy for my liking, um, mm-hmm. a little bit late to things, didn't understand, you know, fully how to get to, you know, the hip or squeeze uh, down on, um, you know, post routes and things like that. I saw that the previous year against Alabama, but um, he did a great job uh, versus man coverage. Very sticky, press man corner, good hips, good feet. So there's value in that. I, I hope that I can teach the rest, but those are things right there that, you know, it is kind of hard you to have that or you don't. And then the 4-3-8 speed, at the combine, that yeah. was very, very impressive. So, yeah, those are things, you know, I, I couldn't drop him out of my top five just because of his guy-given right. talents. But uh, at the next level, I, I think he has to go to a specific scheme that fits his skill set, and I, and I think he will. I, I believe he will.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and with Greedy, you see, and I know a lot of people are saying, like, why, why is Greedy not in your top five? Greedy's my number six guy, so he's right on the outside looking in. But, I see, I, I kind of disagree with you on, on, on where his fit is next level. I think he's actually a really good zone player. I think he has quick zone eyes, quick decisive zone eyes. I think he's a guy who kind of understands the play, develop him, develop in front of him really well. I think he's a natural ball hawk. I think he's a guy who really is like so wants to look in the backfield and kind of bait quarterbacks in the throws, you know, in cover two and cover three. This is a guy who I think plays really well with his eyes. Um, but I think the see, I think he had, I think he had good production of the pressman corner in college. I'm not disputing that. I'm just worried about his projection in the NFL because I don't think this guy is strong enough or has a good, <laughs> big enough brain yet to handle some of these wide receivers. Now, I, I, I told this to a scout the other day that I think he could get bully to the next level. And right. th- this is a yeah. guy that I think, like, is, you know, if you, team, if you take him to the first round and you play him immediately in press man coverage against the, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world, the Julio Jones of the world, he's going to get bullied. This guy is, this guy's weighed 185 pounds, soaking wet. I, I, I don't, I really don't see him playing pressman covers right away at his current frame because right. I think he would get bullied.
1: Right, and there is something to that, you know, and some some guys, you know, if you have like a limitation, you have to un- you have to learn how to perfect that limitation, right? Yeah. So myself, th- you know, thinking back to when I played, I, I wasn't the fastest guy, um, yeah. 455, five, 457 type speed, so I had to learn how to play at a speed where I'm not as fast as everybody else. So I have to have better anticipation and things like that. Right. But He has to learn how to play where I, I'm not the biggest guy. He kind of reminds me, reminds me of Dominique rogers Cromarty, where yeah. I'm not the biggest guy. So I have to learn how to play physical and aggressive with this smaller frame. So we'll that's right, yet right, to be right. determined and, and if you'll be able to do that.
0: That's a great comparison. That's the exact one I gave him in my draft guide. You know, really long, lean, Super athletic guy, super explosive, but I think he needs to trust his length, and he's, he needs to get stronger and look, add more weight to his frame. But some some guys like Rogers kamarty that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of muscle you can add to that frame. Maybe maxed out, but this is the guy who I think you're right. If it was Rogers kamarty when he first got in the league, he was just a really traits guy, but what when he started developing the Pro Bowl guys, when he started to develop some anticipation, mental processing to his game, and I think that's what greedy can do. See, I don't see greedy ever being like. See, I, see, here's the thing. I, I think Greedy can be an elite player. I think Greedy can very well be an elite player if he gets stronger. But in his current frame, if he has the Dominic Rodgers like, trajectory, I think that's what he'll end up being, a, a solid number two corner until he gets stronger. If he gets stronger that's the way frame, he could legit be a number one corner in this league.
1: Yeah, and and, and I agree. I agree with that. So who, who do you have as your number three guy?
0: Yeah, all right. So so we've prolonged this long enough on number three. It's, it's Byron Murphy from Washington. Byron <laughs> Murphy's my guy. And, and see, I like Byron. People are going to say, like, Byron Murphy's CB3. You don't like him? I love Byron Murphy. My, I think he's my 36th overall player on my board. This is a guy who's a pocket playmaker. You know, really small, 5'10", about 180 pounds. This guy plays in the slot. He plays on the outside. He has that position flexibility. Super physical dude. I mean, don't judge him for his size, man. You watch the tape. This guy has some pop in his pads. This guy comes downhill, and he will lay out some suckers, man. This guy has some pop. I love his ability um, he has good production in both in both, uh, press man and zone I think he's really scheme flexible I wrote my notes that he's a guy who can play all different schemes at, at both inside and out so I think that's really valuable for him the one big issue with Byron Murphy is his lack of length and size now that now I, I know a lot of people say well, don't judge him just for his size but well, sometimes you kind of have to because can he survive on the outside with his short arms and his, at his side at 5'10", 180. So some teams are going to see that and say, no, he's an inside guy only. Now, I think he could play inside or out, but at the same time, I think he's going to be limited in some capacity always because of his size. And I think he's a little maxed out frame-wise. So I don't think – so unless he gets stronger and he gets he, – I, I really don't see him being a consistent option outside for some teams. Maybe for some, but not for all. I think that's why he'll probably be a really good nickel in the league. I compare him to Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, he's really physical, really feisty, aggressive player who can play inside or out. So I I, I like Byron Murphy a lot, just not in that you know first round range.
1: Got it, got it, got it. So I, I'll get to him. I'll, I'll touch on, on Murphy in a little bit, but I'm going to get to my number three guy, who yeah. is Sean Bunting of Central yeah. Michigan. Yeah. And, and Bunting, he has pretty much everything that you look for. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything that you you, you yep. would like to see from even Greedy Williams. You know, he has a speed. He has a length. Um, used his length, I thought, even better than, like you mentioned, Lonnie Johnson. I, I thought yeah. B- uh, Bunting used his length even better. When you talk about press, man, I thought he excelled there. Um, I I was so confused. His feet were so patient that I mm-hmm. was like, are his feet just really that patient or does he have bad feet? And yep. yep. it was like, no, he, he has good feet. He was just really patient at the line of scrimmage. He stayed square and he took away the space from the receiver instead of creating the space and got mm-hmm. his hands on more times than not. Right? So there were a few times where, you know, I saw him step underneath himself or, you know, things like that. But th- th- those are fixable. Um, yeah. What's harder is to get a guy to buy in to the fact that, hey, I'm going to stay square at the line of scrimmage and get hands on. You don't see a mm-hmm. lot of guys that are really good at that right? So he, he's good at that. I think he excels at that. And then in off coverage, I thought he played well. Um, there were a few times I know in my notes I wrote, mm, this guy was kind of open down the field on the post. Is it the scheme or is it a lack of speed? And that was before yeah. I was 40 time. So he ran a four four one at the combine. So it can't be a lack of speed. He, he knows how to play fast. And I thought down the sideline he ran very well step for step with guys that showed up time and time again. Uh, so yeah, Sean Bunting, he was a guy that came on late. For me, uh, that was a guy uh, that I just recently started watching last week, and I was like, wow, this guy is good. This guy is very well-rounded. And, yeah, I have him coming in today at my number three spot uh, with the cornerbacks.
0: Yeah, and and this is a great segue because he's my number two corner. And, like, this is a guy I really love. You touched on him, really late in the process guy, under the radar until the combine. Then he goes out and blows it up. I think around a 4-4-1, had like a 40-inch vertical. This guy, this, this guy, a really good athlete. And to me, I think he's just the more athletic Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson's a guy who's really patient, a good off man coverage, press man uh, uh value as well. That's what Sean Bunty provides you, man. Sean Bunty is one of the most aggressive corners I've scouted in years, man. At the press at, at the line of scrimmage this is a guy who's literally offended if you get off the line of scrimmage. this guy <laughs> this, this you will, will bury some receivers you watch you watch the Toledo game this guy was pushing guys out of bounds throwing dudes into the bleachers Man, this, this guy was out of control. Uh, I, see I, I love when a corner has that kind of aggressiveness that physicality and that's what Sean Bunting has and when you combine that with his athletic traits there's something to work with there. And, no, I I I agree with you in the fact that I think he's a little raw when he plays off, whether in man or zone. But at the same time, this is a guy who has all the traits you look for. And I think you can teach a lot what he lacks in. And Good ball skills, great anticipation. I I think once he develops a little more nuance to his game, he starts becoming a little more, I guess, under control. I I think he gets a little aggressive with his hands. I think he gets a little over-grabby at times. Um, But once he starts – to slow the game down a little bit and get more under control. I think this is a guy who's going to be really good. I think he has number one cornerback potential.
1: Right. And, and a lot of what you just said is how I feel about Trayvon Mullen, who, who's my number two guy. All right. Yeah. And Tra- Trayvon Mullen, he, he's very he's very intriguing. Um, six foot, around 200 pounds, very quick-footed. I, I thought he got out of his breaks and off coverage quicker than probably anybody else that I've seen so far in his drive, anybody that I've studied, I think he got out of his breaks quicker than anyone. But the issue is sometimes his anticipation lacked just a little bit. So yeah. he'd drive on something quick, he'd fire out of there, but he'd be a half step late to breaking up a ball. I saw it time and time again against North North Carolina State, um, guarding you know Harmon and those guys. But I, yeah. I, I think that's something that I can improve on. I can improve on his anticipation. It's hard to improve on someone that's able to get in and out of, of their breaks that quickly so that was the first thing that jumped out to me about Trayvon Mullen and then he has that physical stature he has those long arms I I I think that you know a little bit like uh Grady Williams where does he want to tackle does he you know and but again I'm more in the mode of 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 you pay cornerbacks to cover not not to tackle yeah (laughs) so um I can, you know, I can deal with that a little bit. The one thing I don't want is giving up plays. And that's what, like giving up on plays in the middle of a play, just kind of taking your foot off the gas. And he doesn't do that. And that was one of the bigger differences between him and Greedy Williams. So, Trayvon Mullen, I really like it. I like his play, playmaking ability. We saw him get a sack and um, an interception in the national championship game against Alabama. Um, and, and those were kind of plays that were kind of, I don't want to say, given to him. He came free on the sack. He... The interception came on an overthrow, but he took advantage of the opportunity. And there are a lot Mm -hmm. of guys that miss out on those opportunities. So he's my number two. I feel like he's very scheme versatile, um, has the feet to play in the off. I I know he can play more of a cover two. I know he can play in the cover three and definitely know he can play man. Uh, So, yeah, my number two guy, Trayvon Mullen.
0: I'm going to ask you a question about Trayvon Mullen here. Here's my, my biggest concern and question with Trayvon Mullen is the unknown. Because there's not, he wasn't tested a lot he in man coverage. No. This is a guy who is tested a lot, more in zone, who you know read the eyes of the quarterback and make plays, you know, using his eyes and baiting quarterbacks. But this is a guy who didn't really line up at the line of scrimmage much. He was a lot in the scheme he played in Clemson. The Clemson scheme did not help him, so he so he, he played a lot of off man coverage when he has a press man skill set, you know, with long arms, you know, big body guy. But this is a guy who I think is who, whose skill set translates to a press man role. Well, he doesn't have a lot of experience as a press man corner. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. Does that concern you at all that, that he didn't really have much – It wasn't really tested a lot with his back to the ball?
1: Yeah, so he wasn't tested a lot with it. But I, I just look for, like, traits. So there were times where even if he they didn't throw the ball to him, I saw him line up in press and I saw a good technique. You know, okay, he played well with his feet there, his hand there. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe he got a little bit lazy there. But more times than not, I saw that he can do it. They just – like mm-hmm. I said, you know, I talked about the North Carolina game, North Carolina State game where – he drove on a bunch of passes and maybe it was a half step late, but they just played a ton of off coverage like you mentioned. So yeah. he he has a skill set that I feel like carries over. I think I've seen enough of where I have him higher. I'm not extremely high on really anybody in this class as far as just like, oh man, he's a guy. Um, yeah. I, I, I talked about it before, um, you know, with some buddies where, you know, if, if you were to take, I'd even say just the last five, the five DBs, from last draft that went first round. And if they were in this draft, I think they would all go ahead of pretty much anybody that's a defensive back from agree. this class. Um, so, but, so I'm just looking for skill set, technique, attitude, and I think Mullen's had that. Mullen uh, has
0: yeah, that. It, it, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna segue this but from Mullen to my number one cornerback. And the biggest, yeah, yeah like, like I said, the biggest question with him was that I didn't see him enough with his back to the ball. And as you talked about he drives on balls really well when he's when it plays in front of him. Like, I think he has good, quick eyes, and I think he has he's really decisive in his breaks. But at the same time, when he plays this, when he turns his back to the ball, there's little experience in that. He doesn't have any experience tracking the ball over his shoulder, <laughs> right. and that's something you're gonna have. Like that's something you, you get thrown into the fire in the NFL if you don't know how to do that in in college. And I mean, you see that a lot with Kendall Sheffield. That's one of the biggest reasons I'm not high on him because he has right. he has no idea how to locate the ball over his shoulder. And to me, I. To, I'm not saying Mullen can't do it. I'm just saying he hasn't shown that. And, like, you're banking on a lot with him. So, like, I'm not going to disagree with anyone who has him in the second round because this is a really high-traits guy. But I'm just one of those guys where I'm a little scared off in the fact that I just haven't seen him do it yet. And I think there's a little bit of a learning curve to the NFL, which leads me to my number one guy, who is Michigan State's Justin Lane. And you said that, like, you know, we're not high. I I don't have a first-round grade on any corner of this class. I believe I had three last year, so it's a big disparity there. Um, so this is the first time I haven't had a first-round grade on a cornerback class since I started scouting. So this is definitely one of the so which was 2013. So this is definitely one of the you know weakest at the top cornerback classes in years. But it's pretty deep. But what the, my top guy is Justin Lane of this class, and it's one of one of, the, one of the reasons why is this, he's so good with his back to the ball. This guy is a guy who, who can ready-made press corner in the league, who has great length, a guy who has great athleticism. He, Really patient dude as well. This is a guy who, honestly, if you look at him in the red zone against Penn State and Nebraska, this guy is a red zone eraser. He loses weight for the receiver to make his moves and He trusts his hips and his feet to, to match, to mirror and match the receiver on the hip pocket. And he attacks, his, he attacks, his, uh, he attacks the catch point really well, um, good timing. This is a guy who I think has a lot of untapped potential. You know, he went to Michigan State as a wide receiver. I and mean, this guy was, it, he played both ways for Michigan State until he, got, until he uh, declared for the draft. So this wow. guy, when, when, he, when he focuses on one position and he gets over the coaching staff and really buys into the technique of the quarterback position, this guy will be a high-level starter. You know, I this is the guy who I, I compare to Jimmy Smith, who plays for Baltimore. And Jimmy Smith's a really you know, long, lanky guy, really good at press man, he uses his length really well. Um, I I think he's a guy who can play with him. Just, Jimmy Smith's a guy who can really play off or press man. And that's what I think what Justin Lane can do. Justin Lane has, shows really good prowess in both off man and press. One thing I'm looking – he's not really nuanced in zone yet. I don't think he has quick enough eyes. I think he still needs a break on the ball well from an off man perspective, but he has those traits, like you said with Mullen. He has those traits you look for. Good athlete, good feet, patient. I think this is a guy who can really develop, and I think a lot of the traits that he's lacking, you can coach him into. That's why he's my number one guy. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I think this is a guy you can really teach into a really high-level start in a number one
1: corner. Right, and, and speaking on some of those things that you just talked about, about, you know, being able to play with your back to the quarterback. Now this is someone that I think plays with his eyes on the quarterback better than anyone I've ever seen, right? So last year, um, there was Josh Jackson who I didn't look at as just some shutdown corner or yeah. you know, but and I was like, I I don't really like him as much as other people. I, I have Same, more of a, me too. Like, second yep. or third round grade on Josh Jackson. I
0: had a third round grade on him. Yep. Um
1: so this guy is kind of similar. He's like Josh Jackson, but on steroids a little bit. And that's yeah. Byron Murphy, right? And, and and the reason why I like By- Byron Murphy so much, one, his attitude. I, I mean, you wow, you, yep. you, you compare him to Courtland Finnegan, that's spot on. That's spot on. Extremely aggressive, extremely feisty. He's a playmaker. He, he reads – I was watching his film and was just blown away with how much he took away while playing zone to his side. So mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the ideal length. So, you know, I, I brought up Lonnie Johnson being able to play in the cornerback uh, uh, cornerback for the 49ers in that scheme, single high safety, right, um, mm-hmm. scheme. Murphy's probably not going to fit as well into a single high safety type scheme because he doesn't really have the length. And then we also saw that he doesn't have the deep speed by running the 4-5-5, five, five, you know, right. combine. But what he does have is the ability to, to play so well with everything in front of him and take away so much in zone to inside. Where if you play in more of a offense like, say, I mean a defense like the the Patriots, where you play yeah. a little bit more two high stuff, maybe a little bit more quarters cover four type stuff. Um, Your you're, you're press man, you you play a lot of two man, where you can keep everything kind of um, you know underneath and you have safety help over top. I think he'd excel in that type of scheme. Now where I would play him and usually your cornerback one, you wouldn't look at them like this, but I I view him more as a slot. And you mentioned that where he he definitely has some outside value, but his slot value is so high where I I think he has the skill set to be one of the best slots in the league, extremely aggressive um, versus the run. And Mm -hmm. he can drop into zones and probably take away, you know, one, two, three options. Um, by dropping into more of a uh, you know a seam flat type uh, type role, so I like Byron Murphy a lot, and I, I can't let his playmaking abilities and his zone eyes go to waste. I put him in that slot. I know he's extremely aggressive. He'll be aggressive uh, for me against the run, and, and to me that's big because of how much time people are spent in sub packages now, right? Mm-hmm. People aren't really playing as much base as they used to. So, right, but. Even saying that people are saying, well, most of the time you spend in, in, uh, in, you're not in base, you're in nickel defense, but people are still running out of nickel defense. So it would be nice to have somebody like him who's extremely physical and aggressive against the run, but also gives you all of that value um, in, you know, in reverse to pass. So Greedy Williams, that's my number one guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and with Byron Murphy, man.
1: See, you just. I mean, by Byron me. Murphy. Sorry, I agree yeah, with Byron yeah, yeah. Murphy.
0: Sorry. Yeah, 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 And Byron Murphy, man. Like, w- where are the three traits in, a, in what you look for a nickel defender in the next level? You got mental processing. Byron Murphy has an abundance of mental processing. He's one of the most. He's one of the most. Qu- he's one of the quickest processors I've scouted in years at the corner position. Right. This guy is so. You remember, you remember watching that Washington State game where it was all snowed out, man? Th- this is a game. Man, where this guy – there's a zone play in the back of the end zone, man, where this guy was straight playing chess to the quarterback. He knew exactly where the next move was going to be. He anticipated it in high point of the ball. This is what you look for in your corner. So, it, it, especially from the slot where you're playing that close, you have a two-way go with the receiver, you need to have some – you need to be quick process. You need to have quick eyes to break on those routes. So, right. No, so, he has that. Number two, you need to be a great run defender. He has an abundance of great run, of, of run defenders. Makes plays in the open fields. A solid wrap up tackler. He can hit people. He's good stopping power. This is a guy who I think is one of the best run. I think he's probably the best run defending corner in this draft class. So he checks that box. Number three, you need to have some baseline short area quickness and playmaking ability. This guy has all that too. So th- to me, I think this guy. You just touched on it. He's an excellent slot defender. I think he can be one of the best nickel corners in the league. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, he can't play on the outside though. You touched on it. Everyone, every team in the NFL plays more nickel than they do base and I think this is what I think he's fits that next that this next generation of nickel corners I think he could be like a Chris Harris high if, if he plays in the right scheme he has a lot of upside despite that lack of deep speed
1: right and you know he reminded me I, I had to start changing the way I kind of view guys right and just don't pigeonhole them into one position and, and yeah the guy was King right uh, Desmond King from Island, right from Chargers, when I was looking at yeah. him, I'm like, man, he's not an outside corner. I don't like him. Well, the Chargers said, you know what? We don't like him at outside corner either. Let's put him in the slot. And now he's like an All Pro yep. slot defender. So that's kind of how I've been yep. greedy. And I think, I mean, I keep saying greedy. Byron yep. Murphy and his ceiling, <laughs> I feel like, is even a little bit higher than uh, than Kings as well. So yeah, yeah, that, that's just too much value right there. Um, again, I, I didn't really lo- love anyone in this class but I, I really like a lot of what uh, Byron Murphy brings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is, is are, are there any sleepers that you got outside of the
1: top five? Uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, a lot of guys like the kid from Penn State. Um, yeah. I, I think Jawan Williams, Uh, I, I like him. Uh, Jimmy Mo- uh, Jimmy Moreland, right? Jimmy Ooh, Moreland. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good name.
1: That That's probably my, my biggest sleeper, and he's probably going to be someone that goes, you know, fourth, fifth, you know, six round. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll go undrafted because he ran so well. But he doesn't have that ideal length. Again, you know, he's like a five ten kid, um, 175 yeah. pounds. But he played outside very well. He was fast. He was aggressive. We talk about playmaker. He he holds the record at his university for <laughs> interceptions. And I want to say he had like over 18 interceptions. So this dude's There's a something, ball like hawk playmaker. Um, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy, but. If you want an outside cover guy and he could possibly play uh, in a slot, it, it, that's him. That is Jimmy Morlin. Great change of direction. Great feet. Uh, you know, he dominated his level of play. And, and you know, it was 1AA uh, or F, 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 uh, BS? Yep. FCS or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, But now great skill set. Just played out a smaller school. So people are just now kind of finding out about him. All-American. That, that's probably my biggest sleeper, Jimmy Morgan.
0: Yeah, it, it, it. I wrote my notes. Like he's the FCS version of Byron Murphy. He's a guy who plays <laughs> yeah. like inside or out. He's super physical and feisty, playmaker. Yeah, I. I, I think you know you, you may you might have to pay ninety nine cents to upgrade to Byron Murphy, but he's the free trial version. That's what you, you can get in the fourth fifth round, man. I, I I like Jimmy Moreland a lot. I think that's a good name. And he has that uh, deep. Speed. My guy is Cor- Yeah, 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 ex- yeah exactly. And, and my guy's is Corey Valentine from Washburn. And mm. a, a lot of people are gonna say. Who? This guy went to the senior bowl, man, and the stage wasn't too big for him. You know, uh, you're not going to see a lot of Washburn tape on YouTube, but, you know, this guy, you know, if you have a chance to watch him, man, this guy really possesses every trait you look for in a corner. About foot, 200 pounds. This guy's a good, very good athlete. Really explosive. The great explosion numbers in the vertical jump and broad jump. Um, he ran a good 40, and he's somewhere in the 4-4s. Four this is this guy I think really possesses it really physical dude, and it doesn't play. You, you look at him on the on the eye test, you wouldn't see a real guy, a real physical player. But he's super explosive, comes downhill, and really plays with bad intentions. And he's a great natural playmaker, um, a great ball production at Washburn. Um, I believe he won Defensive Back of you know, the Year in his division. So this, this is a guy who I think has really high upside, and if he can really transition to NFL speed and strength like the, in the jump of competition level, this guy will be one of the biggest deals in the draft. I have him a third-round grade. I have him ahead of guys like Joe Juan Williams and Isaiah Johnson. I think wow. this is a guy who can play inside or out. I think he has inside-out flexibility because of his ability in run defense. I think he can play in that nickel role where he comes down and helps and run support a lot. I think he can has the inside-out flexibility. He has his athletic ability. I think teams like him a lot. I think, team, I think he's going to go somewhere in the late day two, early day three range. I think he'll have a chance to compete for playing time early on in his career. So my guy is Corey Valentine from Washburn.
1: Wow, man! Hey, Jonathan toast. he's dropping that knowledge here on the uh, press coverage podcast. And can you tell everybody about you know your your draft guide that you just dropped on Wednesday?
0: Yeah, yeah. So so I dropped a draft. I dropped my 2019 NFL draft guide. This involves all my work I've worked on over the you know past couple months. And um, so like yeah, I've been taking notes on these guys all year long, and now I just kind of you know summarize them in a little scouting report, giving them pros and cons. Um, you know, and then a summary of each player of a scheme fit. So, yeah, so I, I dropped it. You can find it on the top of my Twitter page. I have it pinned at to the top of my profile. Um, it's a Dropbox link, free PDF download. So you can go in there and get it. You have 300 scouting reports in there, 300 in-depth individual scouting reports. And then you have my top 300 big board. It's a vertical stack. So you got one through 300 separated by round grades. So you got first, second, third, fourth, so on, round grades. Uh, and then you got a player comparison for each prospect. I know that's one thing that separates my draft guy from a lot of the rest is that I give you a little visual comparison of each player that I kind of, I, I, I spent a lot of time' on this. like yeah, I told you like Byron Murphy Cortland Finnegan you know I, I think that really fits him so I gave a kind of a player comparison for each of the 300 prospects that I are graded this year and it's to give you a little bit of visuals I, so I give you a little bit of a quantitative qualitative and I'll give you a little bit of a visual comparison as well so I, so you guys can find my Twitter page at Jonah NFL you know I really appreciate you guys giving it a look it's free so you guys can go over and get it don't have to pay any money to go see it I really just love to do this, so you know I I, I just want want to get my work out there. So I I really want you all to go see it, and then any feedback would be greatly appreciated.
1: Jonathan, man, hey, thank you so much for coming on. I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna love this pod. Uh, You did a great job, man. Those (laughs) defensive backs, I love your work on Twitter. So if you guys aren't following him, go ahead, follow him. Grab the uh, draft guide, man. Check him out. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yes, sir, Eric. I'm sure we'll be, uh, I'm sure we'll be disagreeing on some prospect on Twitter here in the near future.
1: All right. Well, no, no, Jody Meeks this year, so we'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, quit Meeks, quit Meeks, quit Meeks. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 none of that, man. Hey, we're not, we're not talking about my firstborn son here.
1: <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. All right, once again, that was Jonah Tost from the Cowboys Wire. You guys make sure you guys check out that draft guide. Uh, Show him some love. I know he put a lot of time and effort into that. But, you know, that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show. Share it. Uh, Follow the Twitter account, at PressCovPodcast. Next week, I'll be doing a draft recap. Probably talk a little bit about my 49ers, uh, you know, in the draft, see what they do. Um, I'll get into some good fit, bad fits for some receivers and defensive back prospects. You know, all of that and more right here on the Press Coverage Podcast.